You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin today by calling the spirits to gather around us. I call out to the ancestors. I call out to all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I call out to those who lived well and died well. I call out to those who met the challenge of peace head on, who understood the importance of it, the fragility of it, and the strength of it. So I call out to those ancestors who lived in peace, who created peace, who lost peace. But in all of this life experience, they have wisdom to give us here today. So I call out to these ancestors to gather around us, to be with us the living, and to help us to be wise in the world. Help us to do things better than you did and to gain from those things you did really, really well. Be with us and guide us on this day. I call out to the earth below that most essential and old, old ancestor. I call out to her and give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought the beauty of life to this planet, that we might be here this day to share it and that we might remember that we are part of that miracle, the miracle of life. We give thanks for all that has been, that has brought us to this moment, all that is and thanks for all that will be. And we ask the earth to guide us in all ways with the wisdom of manifestation. How do we live here in form, in a good way, and in a good way for all living things? So we give thanks to the earth for the beauty of this day, for grounding, for boundaries, for protection, for place, for home, for belonging. We give thanks for connection and interconnection and the oneness of the great web of life in this experience on the earth that we all share. And with our feet firmly planted in the mother, ancestors gathered round, let us reach all the way up through the layers of the sky, all the way out into the cosmos. May we be caressed and caress all the heavenly bodies until we touch on that energy we consider the highest power of the universe. And from that divine light, let us call it down, call it down into ourselves, into our circle here today, into the day that we may bring in protection. We might bring in blessing. We might bring in prayer and generosity and benevolence, that we might notice the mentors in our life and feel the champions at our back and to know that we are held well. May the illumination flow through us. May we bring it into our bodies and down to the earth, even as we allow the wisdom of the earth to flow up through our bodies and up to the sky. And as the earth and sky come together in each one of us in that big love of the yin and the yang and the Tao, Let us open our hearts and call out to the power of the heart to be with us here today. That unique energy that can hold the fire of the belly, the fire of the passions and the gifts that we have brought into this life and merge that energy, mix it and blend it with the clarity and the inspiration and the illumination of the mind and let the energies from above and the energies from below come together in the heart that we might remember why we are here, that we might know our heart path. And, then, and that we might live this day as an expression, bringing those true gifts into the world. So we give thanks for the spirits gathered round. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings be good for all living things. I want to thank those people that keep the show on the air so that those of you who are not able to donate at this time can still listen. May you be, if you are inspired... And moved in the heart by this show in any way, may you let that movement of the heart move you into action. Share the show with a friend, connect with others, help the show to grow. And when you are able, donate. It's as easy as could be these days. You can go to whyshamanismnow.com and click the support button and offer any amount, large or small. Every dollar goes directly to keeping the show on the air and keeping it accessible to all those who have access to computers. So we thank you very much for your support, for keeping the show alive, and for allowing yourself to learn to be moved by the heart. 
This is the essential energy in shamanism, to be moved and motivated by the balanced energy of the heart, the fierce love of the heart and the deep passions of the heart, and the great clarity of the heart that remembers that what we do needs to be in harmony with all living things. So I give thanks today for our guest, Martha Lucier. Welcome, Martha. Thank you. It's a great honor to be to be interviewed on this show, Christina. Well, thank you. So Martha's here to help us understand healing um, from Martha's perspective, but also the relationship between healing and nature and peace. Um, these these are our essence energies that we must tend with our lives. So um, for those of you that don't know Martha, she is the co-founder of the Northern Edge. Algonquin Retreat Center, which is up in Ontario. For those of you that are trying to find us here on the map today, um, you can find her on the cyberspace map at um, shamanismcanada.com. And um, Martha is the co-founder, as I said, with her husband, Todd, and their mission is to promote peace on the planet through providing experiences in nature that help us rediscover ourselves, empower one another, and to heal the earth. Um, you can also email Martha at Martha at shamanismcanada.com. Um, you'll find the calendar there for the um, various offerings, which is a range from basic trainings in shamanism to advanced trainings, um, a two-year uh, training, I believe, online learning, special events, and shamanic adventures, <laughs> which I love that you have shamanic adventures. Um, mm-hmm. So let's also take just a moment here and to thank the Society of Shamanic Practitioners for sponsoring this show today. Martha is actually a brand spanking new board member at the Society of Shamanic Practitioners, and we thank you for your service to our community. Well, thank you. And for those of you that want to find the Society of Shamanic Practitioners, they are at, in cyberspace, they're at shamansociety.org. We are live today. You're welcome to call in with questions for Martha. Um, if you're listening here um, on the co-creatornetwork.com page, you can click the Skype button and call in. You can call us at 512-772-1938, or you can email me, and I'd be happy to read your question on the air, christina at lastmasscenter.org. So here we go, Martha. Mm-hmm. So, so Martha, um, I actually, you have a nice long bio on your website, and I think people should feel free to go read it. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, since we have you here live and in person, mm-hmm. as you look back, what are the moments that you think were truly pivotal, even if at the time you didn't realize they were? Like, if I hadn't done that then, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, the most pivotal time for me in my on my shamanic path is when I learned how to journey. And um, it was a good friend of mine who introduced me, or actually I was going to um, a session on shamanic journeying. And the, fr- the moment the beater hit the drum, I entered this other reality that I just couldn't believe was um, not real in this physical world. I felt as though there were bees in the room and I could feel their wings flying and brushing my skin, Uh, the sounds and the colors and the vibrancy of the experience was just so real that it captured my attention uh, so vividly that I had to, it just drew me so um, in so, so deep that I felt this is something I have to learn much more about. So that that's one big pivotal point in my life. And had I not learned how to journey, uh, Northern Edge would not exist uh, because that was what led led my husband and I to creating a retreat center. And uh, there wouldn't be a two-year training and there wouldn't be a whole lot of things. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think about that a lot. And um, I was thinking about this the other day. I have a lot of my my friends who are in the circles that I've facilitated, a lot of them have um, developed deep relationships and some, you know, are partners now. And I think, well, had I not done this, would they have met? <laughs> you know, there's, um, and uh, it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, even teaching one person how to journey, um, where that ripples out to and how that then affects their lives and and the people in their lives and the 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 ripples are amazing when we start to really think about it so 
So you've done a lot of different trainings, and I'm just wondering what you would consider to be the uniqueness or sort of the personal expression that comes out um, through your work. You know, because people can go learn to journey, you know, what, 192 different places now. Mm -hmm. But what, you know, what makes your work unique? Well, I would say, and I've been actually asking myself this question very much this week. um, And I'm asking the question, how is what I'm offering through uh, the training that I'm offering, how is it different than other trainings out there than the training that I went through. And I think the the big, one big difference is um, my desire initially has been to really help myself and other people deeply connect with the earth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what inspired us to create a, a retreat center on the edge of a provincial park where nobody lives, where, you know, we started with a little cottage and it's grown, you know, and we've brought in solar power. We're completely off the grid. Hmm. But it was all done so that we could reconnect with our earth and so that we could remember that connection. And so um, part of what drives what I do is to really help people rediscover and have that intimate relationship with the earth again and uh, remember that we're connected. We are the earth. We are the waves and the water and the air and the fire and, you know, all of it. And um, so, so what, I, what I do and what I strive to do is to really provide experiences for people in their various comfort zones. But um, uh, throughout the training, we have many opportunities to get out outside, to get out on snowshoes and skis in the winter and and observe the beauty all around us in the snow, the sparkles that shine down from the sun on, onto the snowy lake and and really observe and see our own our own reflection within nature's mirror and find that beauty within ourselves. And in the summer, out on canoe trips, uh, we have over 5,000 lakes <laughs> that we have, you know, are in this park. And it's just my absolute favorite majestical place in the world for me. It nurtures my soul and nourishes my soul. And so uh, we bring people on these journeys, on these sacred journeys to discover their own beauty, to discover the power they have within themselves, to rediscover their roots, to to reconnect and to Find the mystery again, and and as my friend Maria says, to keep company with the mysteries, that's and um, that's part of what we do. Um, you know, in, in the shamanic training, we also have people, student groups, and corporate groups, and all sorts of people that we work with. And uh, yeah, when we reconnect with our earth and all of the elements, and and rediscover that we are all connected. Then, when we go back to our communities, you know, we have a um, perhaps a different um, perspective and can plant seeds within those communities, uh, new seeds to to grow new dreams for ourselves and the planet. So, Martha, as I'm listening to you, I'm kind of thinking about two different paths. So, I, I probably need to say one, or I'll become completely useless for her show here today because my brain's going off in two different directions. But one is I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking. Uh, people, audience, people, are you hearing this? This is a person who will speak English with you, so you can understand what they're saying, who is practicing and offering you to come and work with her in the land that empowers her, which is exactly the same thing you're doing when you're paying a gajillion dollars to fly off to Peru or Nepal or Africa or wherever else you go. Not that doing that is a bad thing, But there seems to be this lack of understanding that it is worth traveling to any shaman's land to work with them in their own land because Mm -hmm. something different happens there. That person – now, all of these fabulous shamans we travel all over to visit are fabulous when they come here too. But it is different when you are with people in their homeland. And so – Think about this, people. You know, Martha's in her homeland. Imagine the empowerment that comes to her and how that allows her to go 
beyond because she is at home with the energies that ex- extend her into her full self. And, and I find that people don't want to travel to work with us, you know, because we're <laughs> white girls in North America. It's like, excuse me, <laughs> I have a homeland too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's really beautiful. But also the other thing I was thinking, Martha, is there is a tendency, there can be a tendency for people because journeying is um, experienced in this sort of mental, spiritual energy realm in the in the lying down on the floor journey, that it can get really heady and, and out of body. And often, um, especially because I've done a lot of training in urban environments, it is really hard to get people to recognize this is not just another source of information to add to your general contemporary person's information overload. Mm-hmm. And that we need to go out in the silence. We need to go out in the nature. In my mm-hmm. work, I focus on the dance. Mm-hmm. But that we need to embody what we get. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and understand ourselves in relationship um, like with spirit and the human and the nature and the nature with the spirit. And, you know, that, that it's, a, it's a circle. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Yeah. My, my most fabulous journeys are when I'm outside. That is mm-hmm. when I, that is when I'm the clearest, and I'm I'm feeling the most joyful, the most connected, the most clear is when I'm outside. And whether I'm going for a ski or going for a walk, um, immersing myself in the lake, swimming, uh, that's when I'm moving my body through nature. Is when all of my senses are connected. When I'm so open to receiving, connecting with the spirits, connecting with the elements, connecting with the ancestors. And that's uh, when, I, when I gain the most clarity on my next steps mm-hmm. along my path and what is most important and essential to pay attention to. I had a little um, experience the other day uh, where I was skiing on the lake and I, I often go off on a journey. And as I was journeying, uh, uh, one of my shamanic uh, peers visited me and her name is Veronica. Actually, you might know Veronica. She passed away a year ago and uh, she was in my three-year training and Veronica had a way of making all of us laugh. At the most serious time, she would find something to lighten lighten the room and lighten everybody's spirit. And so I'm skiing along and Veronica shows up and says in my journey, I have, I've come to offer a message or to give you a message, and I'm, I'm here to be your personal shaman right now. And so she, she says, I have a prescription for you. And so she takes out a piece of paper and writes something out, folds it up nicely, and hands it over to me. And I open up this little piece of paper, and on it, it says, nourish your soul. Hmm. And I look at her and I said, Veronica, how am I being asked to do that? You know, do you have any more information about that? And she said, well, any good shaman wouldn't tell you the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you know what you have to do. You have to go journey on that. Mm-hmm. So that's been the, uh, the and that, that information came to me while I was out skiing. And since that time, uh, have journeyed and found the most magnificent um, cave where I was brought to that has this amazing whirlpool, this pool of water that has these crystals in it. And I, I've brought been, I was brought there by one of my helping spirits. And what they said to me is, you need to immerse yourself in here and let go of anything that's in your mind. And, and you know how difficult that was? Mm-hmm. I couldn't move from that little pool. And I had so many things on my mind. I wanted to go here and there and travel all over the place. And they kept bringing me back. No. And, and let it flow. Let it, let it come out of your hair and flow into the water. And I've been visiting that quite a bit. And then since then, really discovering what it is that really nourishes my soul. And one of the most important things that nourishes my soul, there's two. One is the circle. And it's the power of the circle, the people in the circle. It's my shamanic peers, the ones who inspire me, who have magnificent gifts that they have to contribute. When I'm with them, I nourish my soul because they remind me 
of the power of my work. They remind me of who I am and what I've come here to do. And they constantly reflect to me my own beauty and my own gifts. And the second thing that really nourishes my soul is when I share my gifts. When I'm not sharing my gifts, when I'm not teaching, when I'm not facilitating, when I'm not journeying and, and, and bringing healing through, I'm, I'm, I am not nourishing my soul. I go down. I get depressed. I'm not, not happy. I'm very sad. But when I'm engaging in those gifts and when I'm really bringing them through, that's when my spirit lifts and, and I, I fill myself once again. So those are those are just a few little messages that came in the last little while. And I give thanks to Veronica, who certainly makes us all laugh. And she's still with us. <laughs> well, thank you, Martha. Um, you know, I've kind of fallen away from a practice I got into on the show of giving people a task for the week or even a challenge sometimes for the month. But I think you just gave it to them. I, I, I think that listeners should ask themselves the question today, throughout the day, of what nourishes your soul. And you're not looking for a laundry list of 17 things because you won't have time to do them. Mm-hmm. But to really allow deeply to know what you know and, and often won't listen to, you know, the deep mm-hmm. knowing. To take the time to let the deep knowing bubble up, asking yourself again and again, what nourishes your soul and find the two things Maybe one that feels totally impossible and one that feels completely doable and do them and mm-hmm. begin to cultivate just as you would nourish your body with the food and the water that you eat and you drink and you nourish other aspects of your life. You nourish your intelligence or not by what you um, consume information wise, but to choose to take time in each day to do that thing that truly nourishes your soul. And it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but you need to at least know what it is. And so I challenge all the listeners just to ask yourself that today and spend a week at least once a day doing a thing or the thing that nourishes your soul. Mm-hmm. So Martha, I want to um, circle back around with you to this idea of the circle, which is mm-hmm. much more than an idea. But talk to me about um, your sense of the power of the circle, which you started to tap into. But more, um, let's go into how you work with that in your work. Okay. Um, Well, when I began um, teaching the two-year training that I offer, I knew, first of all, um, I live three hours north of Toronto, Ontario, about 20 or 30 minutes from a little town, actually it's a village of a thousand people. And I'm surrounded by trees and lakes and, you know, beautiful scenery. And at that time, when I moved here, I, I, I felt it was very isolating. Although there are some wonderful people around here. And what I really desired and needed for myself and craved for myself was shamanic community. I did most of my training in New York, in New York or in California. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and I was a little bit envious of my peers who had all their friends, you know, all the people that we were training with fairly close by, and so that they could gather regularly. Whereas I was one of a very few number of Canadians in the program, so it became very difficult to. Um, maintain my spiritual practice, uh, feeling isolated and alone. And so when I began this two-year training, I knew that I wasn't just doing this and offering this for others, but that I was doing it for myself, to create shamanic community for myself. And so that was really what inspired um, the training that, that we offer. And what I've come to learn and to know is that, uh, well, I'll tell you a a little story about this. A few years, actually in 2009, I met a a shaman from Greenland, and his name is Angangak. And I 
soon um, became very, um, well, the moment that I met him, I knew that there was some work that I was to do with him. And that year, he was uh, leading a very important ceremony in Greenland. That's that's the unfolding of a 30,000-year prophecy. And the prophecy was that when the trees began to grow again on Greenland, that, the, that it would be time to do a very important ceremony, a sacred fire ceremony, and that where the grandmothers would cut down the trees, some of the trees, and make fire for the first time, uh, using actual fire as opposed to seal or whale fat. And, this, and that there would be shamans from around the world who would gather and come to this ceremony and bring their sacred ashes from their fires. And it would be a time when humankind needed it the most. And it would be a time when all the water or all the glaciers were melting. And so the time came and the elders said, it is time to do the sacred fire ceremony. And that when that, lit, that fire was lit, that the, the, it, what it would help to do is to melt the ice in the heart of humankind. And so I, I soon became very involved in this, um, this uh, connection with, uh, most people call him uncle. That's his, his um, name that everybody calls him. And uh, anyway, I found myself journeying from the moment I met him until the ceremony, which was, I met him in February and the ceremony was July of 2009. And I journeyed and I journeyed and and I was shown that it was, yes, it was important for me to be there. And I was shown myself going up to the top of this mountain and with uncle on my right hand and Mendaza, another dear uh, shaman friend of mine on, on my left and 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 the, the tribe of many colors connected. And down below in the valley, we could see the rainbow-colored flag and a, and a beautiful stream. And so I was shown that it was important for me to go there. And about two weeks before going, I had a dream. And in the dream, I'm standing on this grassy land with knolls of, uh, um, I don't know what to call them, tufts of grass and these rocks in a circular pattern and there was a lake just beyond. And I knew that I was doing an ancestor ceremony. And I was standing, holding a staff. When all of a sudden, the ground below started to rumble. And a big crack started to open. And the ground started to soften as though... And I knew the ancestors were only about an hour... Or not an hour. They were only about a foot and a half below the surface. And... I jumped back because I didn't want to fall into this big crack and a big black spider came crawling out and I, I speared the spider and then sliced it in two. And that was the end of my dream. And the night before, which was really interesting, was that I had um, my friends had provided a beautiful ceremony for me to prepare to go to Greenland in which I was given this beautiful cloak, or I was—I actually made this cloak, and and uh, in honor of Spider Woman, who's my teacher, with a beautiful beading on the back, and so on. And I wondered, well, why would I be killing the spider if the spider is my friend, is my ally? And I didn't know that the answer to that. And I shared that dream with Uncle two weeks before I went. And when I arrived, I found. Uh, as soon as we arrived, we came to that mountain that I had been looking at down and I saw the river and the rainbow colored flag. And I gathered with these shamans from around the world. And I thought to myself, like, who am I to be standing here doing this ceremony with, you know, this, with all these shamans from, you know, worldwide? But really, who am I not to be? You know, I need to, it is time, it is time to step into the circle to which we all belong. And I didn't, um, I had to have a lot of confidence to really stand there in my power. 
and at some point, you know, shared this this vision or this dream I had. <clears throat> and I knew that there was there was going to be an uh, ancestor ceremony that we were called to do. So the perfect time arose, and we gathered around the fire, and I shared the dream. And I invited everybody who was gathered there around the fire to join me in doing this ancestor ceremony. And this woman around the fire said, well, did you, have you been to the burial ground? And I said, what burial ground? And she showed me this, she brought me over the hill, past two lakes, to this one lake. And there it was, the scene that was within my dream of the the grassy knolls and the, the rocks and the circular formation, just exactly as I had seen it in my dream. And so we did this ceremony with the rainbow-colored flag. And <clears throat> during that whole uh, experience leading up to that, many of us who were there were feeling the feelings of the ancestors. We were feeling desperation. We were feeling sadness. We were feeling disconnection. We were feeling abandonment. Many of us kind of sank into those feelings and didn't understand them. And I was so grateful for the, the journeys and the dreams that had come to me that I could piece this all together. And, uh, and that we were able to do that ceremony. And so we spent the day sitting with the ancestors on this, uh, scattered about through the whole day, reaching down, connecting with them. And as they reached their bleeding hearts up through the earth, we gathered, we held them. We held their bleeding hearts and we brought them into our own. We listened to their stories. We listened to uh, what was paining them. And then we did the ceremony of releasing and letting them go and and joining them, you know, on the, what I call the peace train. It was... Um, encircling our earth, you know, connecting with them and encircling our earth with love and light. And it was through that experience that what I learned was what is most important for the times to come as we see the glaciers melting, as we experience what is happening uh, in Japan right now, with the earthquakes and the tsunamis and the, all the things that are going on on the earth right now, what is so, so important is that we gather together in the circle, that we become the hollow bone. And whatever means we do that, whether it, it be dancing, whether it be singing, for me, singing and is the most, uh, uh, the quickest way for me to empty myself and to step out of the way for spirit to come through, to become that hollow bone through dancing and inviting our spirits to come and enter us and to bring spirit to the center of our circle. Because it is spirit, it is our spirits, our helping spirits who are the true elders, and they're the ones who will lead us and guide us. And they can come through the smallest child or through the through our great-great-grandmothers. You know, it, um, age is of no significance. We all have the ability to connect and bring through messages from our helping spirits. And so in the circle, what I have learned is the power of the circle um, is where we will receive the divine information we need where we can support each other in our growth, in our healing, and, and create a new dream together, a new fabric, weave a new fabric together with the gifts that we've been given. And now is the time for us to really tap in and use those gifts and bring them to the circle. Thank you, Martha. Um, Martha, we have a caller. Okay. Um, yeah, Jay in Alberta has a question. Oh, okay. Hi, Jay. Hello, how's it going? Uh, Tansy and uh, Miigwech. <laughs> Miigwech. Miigwech. Uh, my question is regarding um, ceremony. I just find that um, we've lost some of our ways in our modern world about ceremony. And um, you know, it doesn't have to be a native ceremony. I just wondered, uh, where did the ceremony get lost? And uh, I was 
I was going to get your also uh, another question regarding um, grounding, actually, um, using shamanic ways. I just wondered, because I find people right now are really, really flighty right now. Um, you know, too many things going on in their lives and things like that. I just wondered, uh, what are some shamanic ways to ground yourself mm. in this transformational change? Well, for for grounding, um, the first, for me, the first and most important thing is that to ground, I need a very strong connection with my helping spirits. They're the ones who ground me and calm me. They're the ones that, um, well, through visualization is what works for me, but everybody is different. So what works for me may not work for you. So having a really strong connection and um, following what your spirits are telling you around how you can ground is what is most important. Uh, I personally uh, ground by going outside breathing deeply, uh, connecting my feet, taking my shoes off, you know, feeling the earth beneath my feet, imagining myself as a tree rooting deeply down into the earth, opening my heart, feeling myself expanding, and, um, but also anchoring deeply to the earth, to the heart of the earth. And uh, it's a bit of a tricky thing to be in both worlds, <laughs> but that's what we're being asked to do. And in terms of ceremony, um, yeah, we have lost our ceremony and it's time to rediscover them. And uh, we all, every single one of us, all of our ancestors had ceremonies. We may have forgotten them but we can rediscover them through our own, the guidance of our own helping spirits. And how this works in the programs or in the circles that I've, I've been a part of is, you know, we may have a journey to our helping spirits and have many pieces of what is to happen at a particular retreat or a program. But we know that there are a lot of pieces we don't have and that everyone who is in that circle has a peace. And it's a matter of really deeply listening to one another, opening our hearts and uh, weaving the ceremony together through the pieces that come. And uh, an uncle, the, the shaman from Greenland, would say that life is a ceremony. That life is a ceremony. We have forgotten our ceremonies. Our ceremonies can be simple. They can be, you know, just slowing down in the moment and and giving thanks for the beauty in our lives. A ceremony can be as simple as taking time to really appreciate um, what is before you, the gifts in your lives. It, they don't have to be um, long and complicated. They can be very simple. It's doing it with intention and doing it with um, an open heart. Moving from our mind into our heart. Those are the ceremonies. Singing. <laughs> for me, singing is a ceremony. When I go out for my walk, it's... Uh, a new song every day. And these songs, I sing to the trees. I sing to the sky. I sing to the moon. I sing to the ancestors. And I, and I give gratitude. And, and that just puts me in that, a really peaceful, calm place. And, um, and when we sing and give thanks and pray, the beauty around us uh, well, the, the living beings around us um, brighten up. They come alive and they share their beauty with us. So, Jay, Jay, let me um, connect you. Also, if you go to whyshamanismnow.com and l listen to Annie Spencer's show, she continues to add to much of what um, Martha said today about ceremonies. She um, said some really complimentary and beautiful things 
in between um, your answer, Martha, and Annie's, there's a really big piece there about ceremony. And also there's another show, um, it's called Energy Basics on grounding specifically and using shamanic skills for grounding. So you could also check out those resources as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll look for you the, on the archives. So, uh, thank yeah, thanks for, for your call, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, Bye. So, Martha, you um, have uh, connected with medicine people yourself from around the world, but you also bring people um, to Northern Edge. What What are you looking for when you in in someone that you would decide to bring them or invite them to come mm-hmm. to your land? Well, usually what happens for me, and I'll give Mendez as an example, um, about four years ago, I attended a retreat with Mendez sponsored by the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. And it was with Myron Yuchowski, and it was about shamanism and peacemaking. And that is a topic that very much fascinates me and I, I wanted I was really yearning to learn about it so I went to this retreat and I had the good pleasure and opportunity to sit right next to Mendoza for the the entire five days and got to know him and really thought to myself I, I I yearned to learn more I was really in a place where I needed and wanted to learn as much as I could about shamanism and peacemaking and and dreams, and so, and also just believed so much in his work and uh, wanted to support him in the best way that I could. So that is sort of what led to having him, you know, sponsoring him to come to Ontario, uh, along with some other friends that we um, co-created an opportunity in, in the Ontario area. And it was really because there was something within me that was wanting to learn. And um, also, I think it's important to learn different ways to um, how people practice shamanism in different parts of the world. I think it, it really helps us to more so affirm what we're discovering in our own journeys and through our own helping spirits. And, um, and also for me, I find myself traveling quite a bit um, and really fascinated right now and really wanting to connect with European uh, shamanism, finding, rediscovering my own roots over there. And I find that it's really important at this time that we create bridges and that we connect our circles because, uh, you know, we're, as we do that, we're strengthening the fabric or the network, or the the web of light, and and the circle to which we all belong. So, um, and and I'm always up for learning and having new experiences. And sometimes these, uh, for me, learning from another um, can be an initiation for myself. I need to keep growing and learning, and so I look for those opportunities, and spirit usually leads me, leads the way. So last September, we had some Peruvian shamans that came to the edge, and that was a whole new learning experience for me. And really, I don't necessarily seek, go out there and seek people to come, but it's more of a um, when I meet certain people. And I know that I that there's something that we are to do together and work together. Like I have, uh, when I went, I last year I got a very strong message to go to Germany, and so I spent three weeks there in June, and I met a very beautiful, beautiful shaman, and her name is Maria Kaluza, and she is um, she creates jewelry that is the most amazing spirit jewelry I've ever seen <laughs> but she's an incredible healer and um, and she does a lot of work with the ancestors and so I'm sponsoring her to come over to Canada this August um, and partly because I feel that there's an importance in um, in those of us who are here in North America who have roots in Europe uh, that we have things to learn from those who are in Europe 
still living on the land that our ancestors came from, that they have uh, a key or they have pieces that we that we can uh, receive from them. And equally, we have pieces here um, because we live, for the most part, uh, on a, a land where we still have the animals. You know, where I live anyway, we have wolves and we have bear and we have moose and we have deer and we have all these animals and trees and nature. And that's so much of what they over there are uh, feeling disconnected from or there's been so much lost. So there's sort of a bridge that we're building. And uh, so I'm excited about Maria coming and and us co-creating something together. Well, as I'm listening to you, Martha, I'm thinking about this idea of creating bridges and connecting circles because um, what I'm thinking is, because you also talked about ripples um, in the beginning of the show and how when when I, I'm just seeing how when we work one-on-one with someone, we are in a sense helping them to create bridges inside themselves, like to a lost soul part or something like that, and to complete circles. Mm-hmm. Um, individually, and now now you're talking right now about this um, kind of place in the middle in the sense of circles big enough for a whole human being, human beings, plural, to stand in. And so now we're interconnected. And then the dreaming piece, though, that you've talked about is also about making bridges and, and, and connecting these circles on a much larger scale. And I'm just thinking about how um, if we're to understand peace and healing, that these, this, this activity it's like it needs to be consistent on a, on the micro scale and the macro scale, mm-hmm. you know, throughout all the, from the dreaming to the living here in ordinary reality with each other, all the way into the inner world inside a person that everything you're saying, I'm just sort of marveling how everything you're saying is true or could be held to be true on all those levels, all those sizes. Mm-hmm. And that when it is in reality on all those re- levels, will be in a more peaceful experience of life. Mm-hmm. It's really quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. So as, you, um, as you've continued to explore and to grow and to meet people and learn from different cultures and connect in particular with the ancestors, um, sort of interested in, in what, what are the kinds of things that, that you've learned like I had an interesting little piece of my experience in England at the Society of Shamanic Practitioners UK conference last year. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the first time I've been in England since I had any kind of sh- real conscious shamanic awareness. And there was a funny thing about the ancestors that, that really made me think for a while because this woman made this offhand comment, well, I can't imagine living in America. You're so disconnected from your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this and I thought, well, actually, you know, in America, at least, I don't know how it is in Canada, but in America, at least, if you're interested in someone and getting to know them, one of the first questions ends up being where are your people from? And so because it's not a given here, we have to ask. And so we're not disconnected in a sense from our ancestors because we're not taking it for granted. And so I started to talk with this woman about her ancestors and she didn't have any connection. Mm-hmm. There was just this assumed connection because I'm still in the same country. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, this is very odd conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, so, and, and, and so where I went to with that is, and yes, I am the child of those people who left here. And the reasons they left are still present too. Mm-hmm. You know, my ancestors are the ancestors. They either got thrown on a boat or got on a boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. ended up over here. And, and, I, and I felt why. It was like I felt my own ancestors saying, see, this is why we left. It was a very yeah. odd moment. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. There is, there is also a reason that some of their brothers and sisters left. There was something to be gained, something to be known. And that, and that the circles coming round now and coming back together, it's an, it's an important time. Like, like the fire ceremony, the prophecy and the fire ceremony. Mm-hmm. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time for us to be united as one. 
what is that? The song, you know, behold, the mm-hmm. time has come. The time has come. The time yeah. has come. Behold, the time has come to encircle our earth as one. Yeah. Yeah. As as you were speaking about uh, about that and just kind of mapping out where you have seen me talking <laughs> in a circle and, um, you know, it r- reminds me of a, a time, uh, I, I guess it would have been 1996 and I was at a shamanic gathering and um, I had a dream, another dream. And in this dream, my, my grandmother, my Hungarian grandmother, my father's mother came to me in the dream. And uh, actually, during this retreat, what I also remember is doing a journey, and and in the journey, it was what is what's happening from here? Like, what are your next steps? And I remember Spirit showing me, you're going to start healing right here within yourself, and then you're going to spiral out and start working with your family, and then spiral out and start working with friends, and spiral out and work with community. And then spiral out and work with people, you know, who I don't even know. And it just keeps spiraling out. And and that's what's happened. And back to the dream, my grandmother came to me and she said in her hung- thick Hungarian accent, I want you to promise me that when you get back from this retreat, you're going to start working with your father. And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that because my father and I didn't see eye to eye. And uh, and she was relentless with me. I want you to promise me when you get back, you're going to work with your father. And I kept refusing until she said, I want you to promise me you're going to work with your father because there's not much time left. And so I listened and I said, okay but I'll wait for the right moment. And so that was in February of 96. And then June of 96 came and my father had to have an operation. And he was really afraid. So I said, Dad, I know you don't understand maybe all that I do, but would you be open to me journeying during the operation? And he said, yes. He used to call me Murphy. Yes, Murphy, I'd really like that if you could do that. So I'd start on a journey. I stayed at home, lit a candle, and go on a journey. And in the journey, I'd go to this cave. And in the cave was an old man. And the old man would say, go and ask your father this question. And the only question I remember was, Dad, how is your life going to be different after this operation? So I journey from the cave to the hospital. And my dad would sit up in his hospital bed. And I asked him the question. And then he said, you know what, Murphy, after, after I get out of here, I'm going to do more daddy time. I'm going to play more. I'm going to go for more walks in the forest and spend more time with mom and the grandkids and go for fishing trip, more fishing trips. I'm going to do more daddy time. And when I knew that he was out of the operation, I drove to the hospital in ordinary reality and I went into the room, the recovery room, and I sat there. And as he awoke, he looked at me and he said, you know what, Murphy? When I get out of here, I'm going to do more daddy time. I'm going to play more. I'm going to go for more walks in the forest. I'm going to spend more time with mom and the grandchildren. And I'm going to go for more fishing trips. He said word for word everything he told me. And that was... Um, June of 96. And then he did change his life. He did spend more time with us. He was more present at that time. And then in August of 96, my mother and father came to visit up at our little cottage that was not yet Northern Edge. (laughs) And that summer, we took the whole summer just to create a pathway up the forest And my dad, on the day he was leaving, he was sort of melancholy, and he walked up the top of the path and walked all the way down. And when his foot hit the last step, we heard a big crash in the forest, and it was this old tree that had the profile of an Indian. And so that was what the previous owners used to call it, the Indian head tree. 
And it came falling down and where the curve in the path was, the curve in the tree was. And we ended up cutting the part that crossed the path. That was the head and we just put it aside. And that day I cried. I cried and I cried. And I journeyed to spirit. Why am I crying? And the and in the and spirit said, Well, the tree has sacrificed itself for this project, for the dream that you've got about creating a retreat center. And so too is your father. And I didn't really want to know what that meant, but one year later, exactly, because I wrote it in my journal, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia. And I was just heading out on a canoe trip. And I was told by spirit I was still to go on the trip because I had had to gather all my medicines. And I was to do a special ceremony, which I did, and uh, howled to the full moon and a wolf responded. And it was that was my power animal at the time. And gathered all my medicines. And when I was done the trip, I went back to where I lived and entered the hospital with my drums and my rattles. And right then and there did a power animal retrieval. And I remember giving my father a little hematite stone and uh, he would see, look into the stone and see his own reflection, his own strength, determination, and courage that the black bear brought him. So every time I went to the hospital, I would journey. And this one time, uh, my grandmother came to me again and said, yeah, there is something you need to bring. You need to bring the wedding bands that were given to you when you were 18 years old that belonged to my grandparents. So I brought them with me, not really knowing what would happen. It was my mom and dad's 44th anniversary. We celebrated with champagne, and we took pictures, brought my mom to dinner. And the next day, it was apparent that my dad was passing. Right then and there, my sister, my youngest sister said, well, that's it then. I want my dad to give me away at my wedding, so I'm getting married today. So... We had champagne, we had the video camera, my brother went out and got the flowers, we got a priest, the, we got a cake, the nurses got a cake, and I had the wedding bands. And it was, uh, so we had this marriage, the wedding bands of my grandparents were transformed on that day, because there had been all this healing that happened, these soul retrievals. These power animals that I, power animal retrievals, all the healing work that my dad did. There was a time during that time when I did a soul retrieval and he asked everybody to leave the room. And he said, Murphy, I know we haven't seen eye to eye, but I want you to know that you're hitting the nail right on the head and the work you're doing is very powerful. That, that was the most important blessing I've ever received in my life. Well, I thought that's beautiful. And the next day, yeah, he passed. He passed away, but it was through his his gift that we have now a retreat center. It was through his death and his sacrifices that we had that happen. But it was through my grandmother who came. The ancestors are, are alive and real, and we each have the ability to connect with them and to listen to them and to honor them, and they are here. To guide us along the way. Thank you, Martha. That's beautiful. I really appreciate that. And for those of you that want to find more about Martha and her work and wish to connect with her now, remember that the website is shamanismcanada.com. Martha, thank you so much for being a guest with us today and sharing your experiences and your own work and your own healing and with your own family. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christina, for the opportunity. It's been absolutely beautiful. Many blessings to you. And thanks to your ancestors for dreaming you um, into reality so that I could be here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. All right, everyone. uh, We give thanks to the ancestors for being with us here today, for the earth below and the sky above, the heart that unites us all. Thank you all. And remember to ask what nourishes your soul and have the courage to go out and do it. Thank you all. Thank you.